Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun on a Friday in Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The questions have poured in. They're about Afghanistan and Joe Biden. And we have gorillas fighting brown bears and there's bands and there's food talk. And there's some guy has a problem with his girlfriend. It's going to be such a fun night on the Jesse Kelly show. Now, first and foremost, we have to do what I think is the most important thing and focus on me. Now I'm just, I'm actually just kidding. Uh, I was on Tucker Carlson last night. Fox News with Tucker Carlson last night. I've been on Tucker Carlson a lot. He's a close personal friend with mine, a friend of mine. I'm on about every week now. It, it, so it, it, I've done that show a lot, and it's the biggest TV show out there. So it always gets quite a response. I, full disclosure, I mean, look, it's just you and me talking here. When I'm getting ready to go on, Tucker Carlson usually. I try to make sure I'm always fun enough, right? I try to make sure it's going to be fun enough so people are enjoying it just because it looks the same reason we do this show the way we do. It does. Life doesn't always have to be miserable and everything sucks. And, and so I really try to focus beforehand, try to get my mind right beforehand so I can make sure you're, you, know, you get some enjoyment out of it. We're going to use satire and it's going to be serious, but you can get some enjoyment out of it. When I took off from the radio studio last night, heading over to the studio where I have to do Fox News from, I, I was in such a deep funk, as you heard last night's show, just feeling for our guys who died over there and their families. Uh, if you missed last night's show, it was very different than the one I normally do. I was so angry. Uh, it's on iTunes, iHeart, Google, and Spotify. You can go podcast. At least the opening of last night's show is probably worth you podcasting. I've never done a segment like that in my life. So when I left here, heading over there to do Fox News last night, I was still in that just anger and just bubbling over, and I tried to shake it. I tried everything to shake it. I tried putting on fluffy music, you name it. I tried getting out of it, and I simply could not get out of it. I got to the video studio. I had to sit down. They had to put makeup on this beautiful face. And what, Chris? I know you're going to find that hard to believe. And by the time I sat down in the chair to do Tucker, I was actually angrier than I was earlier. And so I couldn't hold back. I didn't hold it back. I've got a few clips of it. This was last night. What do you think this means? What is going on here exactly? Politics. No patriotism at all. No love of country at all. This is all politics, Tucker. That's why I, um, I'm as full of hate and rage right now as I have been probably since 9-11. Uh, yeah. I know for a fact either mothers or wives or somebody like that, they're getting a phone call tonight or will be getting a phone call shortly, and they're going to find out husband's never coming home again, daddy's never coming home again, my son's never coming home again, and I know for a fact the scumbags in the White House who run this country, they're sitting around a table as we speak, and they're not worried about mommy, they're not worried about daddy, they're not worried about that kid, they haven't shed a single tear for anybody, they're worried about poll numbers, Tucker, they're worried what, yep. what polls well, how, how are we doing with middle-aged women, how, how do you think we did with black people tonight, how do you think we did, these people disgust me, they disgust me as much as the Taliban disgust me, I'm so grossed out by the people who lead this country our warriors deserve so much better so as you can tell i didn't exactly tone it down from from the start of the radio show to tucker's last night i 
I was just mad. I was just mad. And the response to it, I mean, the email inbox is always full here. The response to it has been overwhelming. I kept going. There are only so many hours in the day. Either you're digging into white rage or you're digging into actually finding a way to exfil your people from Afghanistan without getting American citizens slaughtered, brave Marines slaughtered, our allies slaughtered. This is more than just a national embarrassment. This is an international embarrassment. I can't even imagine what the military planners in China are pouring into the ears of Xi Jinping right now. Because I have to be honest, if I were them, I'd be landing on the shores of Taiwan tomorrow knowing we have a half-dead person in the White House. Oh, we'll get to that person in the White House. And I'm going to get to all your Ask Dr. Jesse questions here in just a moment. One more from last night. Here it was. But they've just revealed that they actually have no idea what they're doing. They can't even withdraw from Afghanistan. So what change do you imagine going forward this will spur? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely. Tucker, they put Joe Biden in there on purpose. You remember they cleared out the field to put in this old man who's clearly half functional. Instead of dependable, we got depends in the White House. The guy has no idea what he's doing. And the backup plan is Kamala Harris, who quite literally laid down to get the job. We, we, these people don't care about country at all. There's no plan. And that's what's amazing right now, Tucker. None of them, not one person, not Lloyd Austin or Millie or any one of these idiots. None of them are looking in the mirror as you and I are talking and saying to themselves, gee, I think I really screwed up. They're all worried yeah. about their own rear ends and their pensions and their career, and there's no patriotism anymore, and it makes me want to vomit. Speaking of half-functional old men, it's time you and I had a frank talk about Joe Biden, and not, not the normal one we do, not the normal one we do about, ah, ha, ha, he's dumb, ah, ha, ha, Joe Biden, his mental faculties are, are all screwed up. Let's have an actual serious talk about Joe Biden. I believe this. I do believe Joe Biden has dementia. I didn't diagnose him. I have had a bunch of professional medical people tell me that privately, that there are things about him, things about how he walks, like the way he holds his arms. I mean, people who, who professionally diagnose this say that person has dementia. Okay, so let's, let's assume he does for the purpose of this. People with dementia need a lot of things, and I'm not a medical expert. I'm not going to go into all the details, but I do know one thing they absolutely need. Without question, they need rest. They need a calm environment because it is so hard on the person who has it, and they, they have to be able to calm down. It, it's just so critical they have a calm environment. We don't have that. We have a man who is put in the most stressful job on the face of the planet. And not only is Joe Biden in the most stressful job on the planet, he's currently in the middle of a massive scandal in the most stressful job on the planet. Even his friends in the media are crushing him right now. The mountain of stress this man is under while suffering from dementia I believe it's doing something really, really, really bad to him physically and mentally. Now, I'm going to play you a clip from yesterday. I'm sure you've heard it. This is a clip from Joe Biden from yesterday. And Thank you. May God bless you all. And may God protect his troops and all those standing watch for America. We have so much to do, it's within our capacity to do it. 
We just have to remain steadfast. Steadfast. We will complete our mission, and we will continue after our troops are withdrawn to find means by which we can find any American who wishes to get out of Afghanistan. We will find them, and we will get them out. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was... Okay, that's really bad. Let's just all agree that's really bad. But have you considered this? That was hours, hours after our guys had died, and he still showed up 20, 25 minutes late. Have you considered as bad as Joe Biden sounded yesterday? That was as good as he sounded all day. That was the moment his staff finally looked at him and said, I mean, this is the best we're going to get out of him. Let's go ahead and get him out there. I think the, the, the stress of this scandal, I think it's going to put Joe Biden down. I think he's going to have to resign. I do. I do. I think it is going to break him down quickly. I'm not done on this. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Again, again, let's consider this, and I'll get to your questions in just a second. Let's consider this. Joe Biden is heavily controlled at this point, Put to, to, to put it mildly. We all get that. So he's heavily controlled. We have a bunch of troops get killed. Bunch of Marines, a couple soldiers, sailors. Bunch of troops get killed. That's a huge deal. For the President of the United States, that's everything. His team immediately knows, immediately knows, the President must make an address to the United States of America. He must. You simply have to during when something like that happens as President. It's part of your job. They immediately gather around and they begin to plan. How do we get Joe out there? When do we get Joe out there? When do we allow him to say what? After an entire day of preparation, they finally got him to what they thought was his best condition of the day. Because you wouldn't send him out there to give a press conference in his worst condition, right? You're controlling every bit of him. This is, I'm playing this for you again, this is the President of the United States of America in the best condition he was in All day long. Thank you. May God bless you all, and may God protect his troops and all those standing watch for America. We have so much to do. It's within our capacity to do it. We just have to remain steadfast. Steadfast. We will complete our mission, and we will continue after our troops are withdrawn to find means by which we can find any American who wishes to get out of Afghanistan. We will find them, and we will get them out. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was 
Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. <clears throat> you have said leaving. That was our president in his top form. In his top form. That was the president. Again, this is another one of those things I don't have inside information on. I believe this scandal, this current foreign policy disaster, has cranked up the stress level on a human being who is not in a mental condition where he's able to handle any additional stress. He should be getting real care in Florida somewhere, in between golf cart trips and eating tapioca pudding, listening to calming music, going down by the waves, picking up seashells off the sand. Instead, he's embroiled in a nationally, internationally embarrassing scandal. I think, I think there's a chance you're going to see Joe Biden physically and mentally go downhill very, very quickly in the coming days. Because remember, as you and I speak, as, as you hear the sound of my voice, the Taliban are already taking over the Kabul airport. Our military, it's not like this thing stopped our military withdrawal. It's not like they were all, whoa, we're doing this wrong. Let's get our civilians out. We're gone. But they told our guys, keep packing, baby. Don't slow down. We're gone. We're going to leave. We're going to leave a bunch of American civilians behind. And just so you know, I, I, had, a sp- I had a conversation with somebody today. Here, here's one of the things our people are facing on the ground. We have Americans over there. We have people holding passports over there, American passports, right? They want to leave, but they want to take their brother with them. One guy I talked to had a 16-year-old brother. I want to take my brother with me. We're not letting them go. So we're leaving them with that choice. And because of that, we're telling them, well, this guy doesn't want to leave. How crazy is this? How insane? All right, let's get to your questions. It's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Jesse. After hearing about the suicide bombings at the, uh, and that Kabul was no longer safe for takeoffs or landings, I was filled with anger, but not where you think. Yes, I was upset that the Taliban are killing civilians and trying to kill our troops. My rage is more directed at the incompetent beep running our country into the ground. Our men are away from their families fighting in a foreign land for a country whose leaders could not care about them. As a 24-year-old, I've never been angrier angrier with the state of our leadership is my anger misdirected no no you you can hate the taliban and you should hate the taliban because they're despicable monsters but you can't hate the taliban for being the taliban any more than you can hate the dog for being a dog they're subhumans they think women should be treated like cattle that uh, they they're they're going around murdering christians all the time as we these people are subhumans we get that you have a right to demand more out of, out of the people who lead your country. Your animosity should 100% be towards the people who are leading this nation because they're leading it right into the ground. And speaking of leading the nation, I have to get to this really quickly. Courage is a funny thing. We call a lot of things courage that, that probably shouldn't be courage. I, I'll tell you, totally frank, I get a lot of emails saying, Jesse, thanks for being courageous enough. Thanks for sticking up for us. Thanks for not letting us down. Jesse, thanks for for being so courageous. I have a radio show. Uh, Yeah, I take a lot of heat for it. I have a radio show. 
I have a radio show and a TV show. I, I do a TV show for the first every night. And did you know, I'm not making this up, that never once, not one time has anybody at the first, my TV network, or Premier, the radio comp- my radio syndication company, not once has anybody called or texted me and told me, don't say that. Don't ever say that again. We don't like that you said that. Could you quit saying that? Isn't that crazy? With all the things I say. What I'm saying to you is I, I get to sit here and say whatever I want. They let me say whatever I want. Now, that is, in, that is honestly, that's in large part thanks to you. If, if there weren't so many people listening and if the show's popularity wasn't growing so fast, maybe I would get scolded more. But as of now, I've never once been told what to say or what not to say. Never. In fact, gosh, I don't know that I've ever had that happen to me in my entire radio TV career. Well, all three years of it. What I do is not courageous. I do a radio show and a TV show. The people who are courageous, they're the ones out there taking chances. Like that gym owner, what is it, Atlas Gym in New Jersey? The guy who opened up his gym against the coronavirus restriction guidelines, and now he got something like a $15,000 a day fine. It's getting ready to wipe him out. It's getting ready to bankrupt him, but he kept the place open anyway. That's guts. That's courage. People with real skin in the game. People who have so much to lose. People who have their livelihoods to lose. The people who show courage, they're the people with things to lose, not the people without things to lose. All right, I'm never going to lose my job coming on here railing against Joe Biden. Joe Biden sucks. My company wants me to say whatever I want to say anyway. You want to hear real courage? You want to know what courage sounds like? Stay tuned. I'll play it for you. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And just a reminder, if you missed any part of last night's show, especially the open, which apparently apparently everyone's listening to, you can catch it on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a rating of five stars and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. I thought, I thought this one nailed it pretty well, Chris. <laughs> This one's titled, He Read My Email on the Air, with an even an exclamation point. Jesse Kelly is the intersection of the Venn diagram consisting of wise, handsome, and hysterically humorous. Already on point so far, Chris. He is gloriously, he is a gloriously bedazzled shield to the communists of the world, a menu whisperer, and a cheeseburger savant. Above all, He is the epitome of humility to which we will all need to consistently reflect on in deep appreciation, which reminds me, Chris, before I get to the guy who shows real, real courage and a real hero, I have developed at the age of 40. I don't know how I did this. I have developed a superpower. I don't know how I, honestly, I can't take any credit for it. This came from God, I'm assuming. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this gift, Lord, but show me. Don't shake your head, Chris. So there's a book series out there by Lee Child where he has like one character, a continuing character series. Uh, the character's name is Jack Reacher, and he's this big, tough guy, beats everyone up and, and always saves the day whatnot. They're good books, uh, but long story short, 
Jack Reacher, he has this ability where he can set an alarm in his head and he just wakes up at that time at all times. Kind of an oddball characteristic. I've developed this. I've, I have, Chris. I have developed this. I, it just happened to me again today. As you know, every, everybody knows at this point in time, I'm one of the top five nappers on the planet. I'm just an, I'm a world-class napper, something I do very, very well. And today, I laid down for a nap at 10.30 a.m. Shut up. The morning started early. I laid down for a nap at 10.30 a.m. I, I set my alarm for 11.30 a.m. Just going to grab a little a little, little cat nap ski before I, before I really tackle the day. <laughs> 11.27. Boom. Eyes, wake, eyes open. Totally refreshed. I didn't know what time it was. I reached over, grabbed my phone. 11.27. Shut the alarm off before it goes off. This wasn't a one-time thing. I'm not, I'm not making this up. Multiple times recently, very, very consistently, my body wakes up two or three minutes before the alarm I have set goes off. I don't know how common it is to acquire superpowers later on in life. All I know is I've done it. Uh, if I'm, If I'm able to, I will find a way to hand my powers over to others so they can use it as well. What, Chris? But look, it's pretty incredible. Now, courage. There's an active duty lieutenant colonel named Scheller. He apparently is as disgusted as you and I are about the leadership of this country, the leadership of our military. He chose to go public with it which is a guaranteed career killer, especially in this day and age. If you question the regime, he put up, this is a, just a little bit of the video he put up earlier. People are upset because their senior leaders let them down and none of them are raising their hands and accepting accountability or saying, we messed this up. But we have a secretary of defense that testified to Congress in May that the Afghan National Security Force could withstand the Taliban advance. We have chairman's of Joint Chief, who the commandant is a member of that, who's supposed to advise on military policy. We have a Marine combatant commander. All of these people are supposed to advise. And I'm not saying we've got to be in, the, in Afghanistan forever, but I am saying, did any of you throw your rank on the table and say, hey, it's a bad idea to evacuate Bagram Airfield, the strategic air barriers, before we evacuate everyone? Did anyone do that? And when you didn't think to do that, did anyone raise their hand and say, we completely messed this up? I've got battalion commander friends right now that are posting similar things and they're saying wondering if it, all the lives were lost and, and if it was in vain all those all those people that we've lost over the last you know, 20 years and from my position potentially all those people did die in vain if we don't have senior leaders that own up and, and raise their hand and say we did not do this well in the end. Okay, you, you, you get it. It goes on for a couple minutes. I, I, I would encourage you to go watch it all. Just know, obviously, that's a Marine blasting senior command. He knew how that was going to go. He has since put out a public statement. This is it. To all my friends across the social networks, I have been relieved for cause based on a lack of trust and confidence as of 1430 today. That's 230 for you civilian types. My chain of command is doing exactly what I would do if I were in their shoes. I appreciate the opportunity AITB command provided, 
To all the news agencies asking for interviews, I will not be making any statements other than what's on my social platforms until I exit the Marine Corps. America has many issues, but it's my home. It's where my three sons will become men. America is still the light shining in the fog of chaos. When my Marine Corps career comes to an end, I look forward to a new beginning. My life's purpose is to make America the most lethal and effective foreign diplomacy instrument. While my days of hand-to-hand violence may be ending, I see a new light on the horizon. Semper. A lieutenant colonel. You don't become lieutenant colonel after 15 minutes in the Marine Corps. If you're a lieutenant colonel, you are rising. You have spent time. You are rising. You are heading towards the ranks of general and quickly. This patriot decided, knowingly decided, to throw his entire military career, his entire Marine Corps career away on behalf of the country. That's courage. That is patriotism right there. And that's why I expressed, I've been expressing so much frustration lately. On this show last night, on Tucker Carlson, on everything... Where's the patriotism? Where is it? I'm constantly told about these senior military guys like Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense, General Milley, so many others. I'm constantly told, oh, look at their patriotism. Look at, the, look at their patriotic service. Patriot, patriot, patriot. Look at their, look how much they love America. Where is it? Where is it? I love the United States of America. I think it's the greatest country on earth. I would die for it. But, ooh, no, I'm not going to hurt my career. No, I mean, I, I mean, I love America. Yeah, I just love it a lot. I just happen to love my pension more. What? What, 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 what are you talking about? Where are they? Why aren't they resigning? Why aren't they, as he said, throwing their rank on the table? Where is it? Where, where's their patriotism? And look, Millie... How in the world, how in the world has Millie not resigned yet? This is Millie from before, from before all this happening. This is Millie saying, oh, we're fine with that Bagram. Is it at all possible to keep Bagram Air Force Base? So uh, a couple of quick comments here uh, on Bagram. Bagram is not necessary tactically or operationally for what we're going to try to do here with, with Afghanistan. Uh, consolidate on uh, Kabul with, in support of their government. Oh, whoops. How'd that work? How has he not resigned in disgrace yet? How did he not resign? How has he not resigned? The chairman of the Joint Chiefs. How is it possible? Where are the patriots? We have a lieutenant colonel. Where are the people leading this country? All right. I have to finally dig into the Ask Dr. Jesse questions. I have been negligent. We have ranch and hot sauce talk. We have what, Chris? These are the heavy topics of the day. We have to dig into this stuff, but first and foremost, for a limited time only, and I want to stress that because I never know when the sale is going to end. It always ends, and I always get an email after the fact, hey, Jesse, can I have that MyPillow sale again after it's already done? I don't run the company. It's an incredible company. They offer incredible discounts. They are a patriotic company. You know how much I love MyPillow, but I'm not the CEO. I don't know when this ends. It might be five minutes from now. But my pillow has the sale of the year. 
Giza Dream Sheets. You know the best sheets you can buy? The world's best cotton? Half off right now. Half off. Don't go to MyPillow.com and buy a set. Go to MyPillow.com and buy two sets because I don't know that you'll ever see Giza Dream Sheets half off again. MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials and use the promo code JESSE. That's what, that's what gets you half off. MyPillow.com, radio listener specials, promo code JESSE. Don't get one set, get two. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to the Jesse Kelly Show. I'm gonna change that tune. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. We got new guy Michael in here. He's stressing, get this, he's such a child, stressing about getting some gray hair on his head. He's like, well, how old are you? 12, 13? Five years old. Stressing about getting some gray gray hair. I'm trying to explain to him, chicks love it. Chicks love it. Oh, he's worried about what women are going to think about it. Women love a little salt and pepper in there. Jeez. Oh, great oracle. You were stranded on an island and you stumble upon a fountain that gives you a choice of an endless supply of ranch or your hot sauce of choice. What holy condiment would the all-knowing Shogun choose? I'm going to have to say hot sauce. And, and I'm a ranch freak. I don't want, look, I don't want, I don't want Big Ranch to come down on me for anything. What, Chris? Well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Chris said there's only one ranch. There's a lot of different hot sauces. You are such a naive person. There are so many different ranches out there. And there are some ranches that are scratch made that are extra good. Now, granted, everybody knows I'm a little bit what you might call white trash. So I'm kind of a Hidden Valley type person. But you can get the Hidden... Don't shake your head. You can get the Hidden Valley stuff at Costco. You can get like a gallon of that for 50 cents. I would think you of all people would appreciate the money savings. But anyway, all ranch is not the same. I know all hot sauce is not the same. But I developed a love of hot sauce when I was in the Marine Corps because all your food is such crap, right? I mean, you have just the worst food. It's always MREs. So someone always had a hot sauce. When I say someone, I mean me, as you can imagine. I used to get made fun of. We'd go out to the field for four or five days, and they would go. They would oftentimes go search through your pack, make sure you have enough socks and, and skivvies and stuff like that. Oh, I always had all that stuff. I just had some extra food stuff as well. And I could still hear him laughing and yelling about, geez, Kelly, we're only going for four or five days. I mean, I would have my pack full of food, and I would have two or three bottles of hot sauce so I could have different kinds of it. What, Chris? Favorite brand? Oh, I don't know if I could say a favorite brand. I love so many kinds of – I mean, look, I I don't want to cop out. I don't want to cop out on you. Cholula is always reliable. I won't say it's the best ever. Cholula is awesome. Everybody knows Chipotle Tabasco sauce is the key ingredient to the Jesse Kelly world-famous burgers. Don't shake your head, Chris. Uh, Regular Tabasco, as funny as it is, regular Tabasco is disgusting. I hate regular Tabasco sauce, and I'm a hot sauce nut. Texas Pete is really good. Uh, Cajun Chef is really good. Louisiana hot sauce. Crystal is really good. There are. I'm a a hot sauce man. I'm a hot sauce man. I would have to say hot sauce because hot sauce... Hot sauce can cover up the taste of anything. 
I, I wished, look, I wished I'd had hot sauce all those years I was eating my mother's cooking. <laughs> we can make jokes. Dr. Van Halen hater. Yeah, you know what? That's not. T- all right, that's fair. Lately, I've been doing some hard thinking, and I've been uh, trying to tackle the heavy issues. I've been given the choice to play any instrument in a tribute band. I would pick saxophone for Huey Lewis in the news. What would you play? (sighs) Okay. First and foremost, I've never gotten the appeal of being the drummer. Now, I understand you get to hit something that may be satisfying, you're clear in the back, man. What is the point of being in a band if you can't see all the chicks and everything? That's the whole point. What? That, is that not the whole point of being in a band? You know what I would be? This is going to sound a little unorthodox. Chris, give us some doors. Give us some doors. I would play the keyboard for the doors. Keyboard for the doors. Can you imagine how sweet that would be right up front and center? Shades on, jamming out. And I do that weird Stevie Wonder thing where he we, we, where he moves his head back and forth and it kind of looks like he's a fish trying to swim to the surface. That's what I would do. Play it, Chris. Play it. Midnight alleys roam. Picture that, everybody. Jesse on the keyboard jamming out. <laughs> keyboard for the doors. Don't shake your head, Chris. Dr. Jesse, supreme leader of the unwanted, unvaccinated deplorables. Do you think when Kamala Harris takes over, it could end up being good for us? It is well known she will deliver whatever to keep, to get and keep power. She listens to her people now, but once she becomes president, she will have no reason to listen to them anymore. She will want to keep that power and try to get reelected. So maybe she will listen to what people want to make sure she's reelected. What are your thoughts on that? Is that just wishful thinking? Thanks for everything. Congrats on the new show. Been listening for a while. So on and so forth. Says I can say his name. His name is Tyler. I believe Kamala Harris um, is a detestable human being. Just because I've known people like this in my life. I don't, I don't actually mean just because she's a Democrat. I mean, that's, of course, part of it. I mean, I've known people like this. Everyone has known someone who will do anything to get ahead. They'll they'll just screw anybody over they can to get ahead or or vi- or otherwise, Chris. I get that. Yes, I mean they'll just say anything, do anything. You know that person. He's in your office, the one who's gossiping about other people behind their backs at all times. That everybody knows that person who will do and say anything to get ahead. That's Kamala Harris. I don't think she's going to be a good president. She's a left-wing nutball, and she's not going to be beholden to you. She's not going to be beholden to me. Kamala Harris is a 100% political animal. She will be beholden, entirely beholden, to the powers that be in the Democratic Party. To the powers that be in the Democratic Party. To the major Democrat fundraisers to the major Democrats in the media outlets she'll want glowing coverage from. I mean, yes, this is a woman who's a blank slate and wants to succeed, but she's going to do everything she can, everything she can to succeed within her own party. Because remember, when Kamala Harris takes over, yeah, she's president and that's all she's ever wanted, but what does every single first-term president want? What's the one thing they want? A second term. Have you thought about how that affects Kamala Harris? 
Have you thought about it? I'll tell you why in a second. Jesse Kelly show. And yes, I told you it was going to be a good night on an ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Don't bother calling. Don't bother calling. There's no calls tonight. No calls tonight. One day, one day when I think you're ready, we'll do a, a phone version of ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The f- amount of faith I have in you that you'll be able to appropriately execute a phone version of Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The amount of faith I have in you to be able to pull that off, it's so small, I can't put it into words right now. I can't put it into words right now. So we're going to have to wait. Maybe it'll be a year from now. Maybe 10 years from now. Oh, who are we kidding? I'll be fired a year from now. I'll have to do something different. But you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So tonight it's an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. The question was about Kamala Harris. And when we get her in there, will, she'll be, will she be more pliable and so on and so forth? I mean, she'd be more flexible, but that's another story entirely. No, because Kamala Harris, she's going to have to earn the nomination again. Now, yeah, she's going to be the president of the United States. It's going to give her a huge <clears throat> leg up. Grow up, Chris. But still... It's not hard to bounce the party's nominee or the president of the United States if he wasn't elected or she wasn't elected and she's universally hated. If Democrats think Kamala Harris is going to get them boat raced in 2024, they will throw her out on her rear end so fast it'll make your head spin. What I'm saying to you is when Kamala Harris does step in there, When Joe Biden's brain finally melts into a tub of goo and he has to resign and Harris steps in, she's going to spend every waking moment kissing up to the radical left because she knows she still has to earn the nomination. She don't, Chris, and she can't earn it that way. There's too many people, Chris. She still has to earn the nomination. She's not going to earn the nomination of these people by reaching across the aisle by being more practical, not in a million years, in a million years. Mr. Kelly, first, I am not a veteran. I am a 72-year-old male who loves this nation unconditionally. Now, I've watched your segment tonight on Tucker Carlson. You had me crying, cheering, standing proud in front of my TV. You were spot on during your assessment of these scumbags from the resident, not president, and all his losers that surround him. Just wanted to let you know how I feel. You are the man. God bless you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Mr. Humble Oracle, can you give words of wisdom to our young generation looking to go to college or join our military? I don't believe not going is is the answer. In fact, it will be quite the opposite. We need good, strong, young people to continue to fight the good fight. Thank you for all you do. God bless. All right. Let's focus on the easy part of this answer quickly. That's the college part. Because the military part is going to be a real struggle for me. So just bear with me a moment. As far as college, should you send your child to college? Should our young people go to college? Well, when's the last time you took your kids to the zoo? 
Probably you have at some point, right? You took him to the zoo. You remember the gorilla enclosure? The big gorillas and, and, and watching them, how fascinating they are and powerful they are and kind of scary, right? Were you at any point in time, at any point in time, tempted to grab your child and chuck them over the fence down with the gorillas? Then why are you so excited about sending your child off for four years to be educated by communists who despise the United States of America? Why? Why? We don't need it. Even if I want the university system reformed, which let me be clear, I don't want the university system reformed. I don't. I want all everybody fired and all the buildings raised to the ground, and I want monuments built there where we can all stop by and pee on the ashes on the way through. So I don't want reform. But even if you want the university system reformed, okay, reform it. You're not going to gamble with the sons I've just spent 18 years raising. If, if my boys go to school, if they go to school, I'll be sending them someplace like Hillsdale College or Liberty University. I will be so absurdly selective where I send them off. And look, they're going to be 18. They're going to be the own, their own men. They're going to be able to do what they want as long as they're paying for it. I would never send my kids to college, period, unless they had something specific they wanted to do that required college. You, you grew up in a different era. You could go, I'm going to go find myself for a couple years. No, 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 no. Go find yourself at a job now. I'm not throwing you in with the gorillas to find yourself. If I have to send them to college, I will be extremely selective and careful where I send them. Because this is what's happening so much with parents these days. And I sympathize because my email inbox ends up getting full of these every time I bring this up. You, you've spent 18 years loving your child, raising your child with a certain set of values, the values you want them to have, as you should. You love your kid. And then I get these emails from parents saying, Jesse, oh, you're so right. I don't know what happened to my baby girl. I sent her to Virginia Tech and she's gone crazy. Jesse, I wish I'd listened to you. I sent my son to this university and he's gone crazy. What happened? I don't care if you've done the best job in the world. When you're 18 years old, you are still pliable. You are still learning. Your mind is still expanding. You're still trying to figure out who and what you are. I would never gamble with the sons I love so much and just toss them in with the wolves like that. Unless, like I said, they had something they knew they wanted to get, wanted to do and they had to go through college to do it. And even then, I will be as selective as humanly possible. And I joke all the time about community college because that's where I went because I'm stupid. My kids will be going to community college or junior college for at least a couple of years. Have you seen these college prices? I don't know how people can even afford to send their kids to school, which if the student loan debt is to be believed, they can't. And so they're just taking out massive debt. That's another part of this equation that blows me away. You spent 18 years with that child, loving them and raising them and caring about them and wanting what's best for them. And you're going to bury yourself or them in debt so they can go unlearn all the values you taught them? No chance. No chance. Not a chance. Now, let's set that aside. Oh, no. One more thing on that before we set that aside. I jumped the gun there. Do you have any idea what elevator mechanics get paid? Do you have any idea what HVAC guys get paid? What plumbers get paid? I know a lot of guys who are HVAC guys. I know a lot of guys who are plumbers. You know what they did? 
they started learning the trade, 18, 19, 20 years old, maybe went to a little trade or tech school. They emerged with zero student loan debt. They spent four or five years making really good money already, 60, 70 grand a year at least. And then by the time they were 25, they were starting their own, admittedly, very small HVAC business. You know, maybe just a truck to drive around. And then by the time they're 35, they're on their fourth Mercedes with a dime of a wife sitting beside them as they pull into the gates of the mansion they own. Virtually every plumber and HVAC guy I know is stupid rich. How's that $100,000 in college loan debt doing with your $60,000 a year accounting job? How's that working out for you? If you truly want what's best for your kid... If it's all about what's best for your kid, if it's not about you bragging at the neighborhood parties, oh, little Timmy's going to Stanford. If it's not about you and it's only about your kid, why aren't we telling the next generation about trade schools, tech schools? There's so much money in the trades. And here's the most amazing part about it. Nobody wants these jobs. Somehow people think blue collar work is beneath them now. Blue collar work is outstanding and it's healthy for you. And the money is ridiculous. And it's not like you're still wrangling turds when you're 35. If you're a plumber, you've got a staff by then. I'm telling you, you want your child to have a good life, provide for a family, look into the trades. And there are trades out there for ladies, too. It's not just dudes. There are trades out there for ladies. All right, we got some more questions here. But first and foremost, Hero Defense. I've talked to you about the Hero 2020 non-lethal weapon before. Allow me to tell you again. Husband and wife coming home from dinner one night. They get stopped at a red light. Surrounded by an angry mob. Horrible, horrible fear. And then, and I don't know how this happened, they got the driver's side door open. They got their hands on the husband. They started dragging him from the car. By the grace of God... He had a Hero 2020 non-lethal weapon. He manages to shoot his attacker twice in the chest. It unleashes this brutally powerful chemical, forcing his attackers to back off. They drove home safe and sleep soundly in their bed to this day. I own one of these things. Go to Hero2020.com and use the coupon code KELLY for a special discount. Hero2020.com, coupon code KELLY. State law restrictions may apply. Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is The Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. For those who missed it, was on with Tucker Carlson last night. Decided to, uh, well, I couldn't calm myself down, so here's how it went. What do you think this means? What is going on here exactly? Politics. No patriotism at all. No love of country at all. This is all politics, Tucker. That's why I, um, I'm as full of hate and rage right now as I have been probably since 
Uh, I know for a fact either mothers or wives or somebody like that, they're getting a phone call tonight or will be getting a phone call shortly, and they're going to find out husband's never coming home again, daddy's never coming home again, my son's never coming home again, and I know for a fact the scumbags in the White House who run this country, they're sitting around a table as we speak, and they're not worried about mommy, they're not worried about daddy, they're not worried about that kid, they haven't shed a single tear for anybody, they're worried about poll numbers, Tucker, they're worried what what polls well, how how are we doing with middle-aged women, How, how do you think we did with black people tonight. How do you think we did? These people disgust me. They disgust me as much as the Taliban disgust me. I'm so grossed out by the people who lead this country. Our warriors deserve so much better. They do deserve better. And as I said last night, they deserve better than a chairman of the Joint Chiefs who's worried about white rage. There are only so many hours in the day. Either you're digging into white rage or you're digging into actually finding a way to exfil your people from Afghanistan without getting American citizens slaughtered, brave Marines slaughtered, our allies slaughtered. This is more than just a national embarrassment. This is an international embarrassment. I can't even imagine what the military planners in China are pouring into the ears of Xi Jinping right now. Because I have to be honest, if I were them, I'd be landing on the shores of Taiwan tomorrow knowing we have a half-dead person in the White House. And I wrap the whole thing up with this. But they've just revealed that they actually have no idea what they're doing. They can't even withdraw from Afghanistan. So what change do you imagine going forward this will spur? Absolutely nothing. Tucker, they put Joe Biden in there on purpose. You remember they cleared out the field to put in this old man who's clearly half functional. Instead of dependable, we got depends in the White House. The guy has no idea what he's doing. And the backup plan is Kamala Harris, who quite literally laid down to get the job. These people don't care about country at all. There's no plan. And that's what's amazing right now, Tucker. None of them, not one person, not Lloyd Austin or Millie or any one of these idiots. None of them are looking in the mirror as you and I are talking and saying, saying to themselves, gee, I think I really screwed up. They're all worried about their own rear ends and their pensions and their career, and there's no patriotism anymore, and it makes me want to vomit. I want you to always remember something right now, because there's a lot of talk going around about this person should resign, or I don't understand why this person resigned, or why haven't they resigned. You have to understand. You have to understand, and you don't want to accept this. And look, I don't want this to be true, but it is true. You must understand this about these people. The destruction is intentional. They're not looking around right now at the gutting of the dollar, the gutting of the military, the destruction of America's standing on the world stage, all these things. They're not looking around right now and saying, oh, dang it. We have screwed this up. They hate this place. They hate this place. If you were pointing out the destructiveness of the communists' policies to the communist is like telling a chef how great the meal tastes. How many times have I told you that? They know. They're well aware we look terrible on the world stage. They want us to look terrible on the world stage. They're well aware their financial policies are causing inflation that is crushing the middle class. They hate the middle class. They despise it. The middle class has been the enemy of the communist since Russia. First thing Stalin did was he went around killing what were called the kulaks. The kulaks were the middle class farm owners. If you owned over a certain quantity of land, they considered you a kulak. First thing he did was go kill all those people or round them up and throw them in the gulags. 
They know. They know. They're well aware of the destruction. As mad as it makes you, and this is probably only going to make you madder, but as mad as it makes you, that's as happy as it makes them. That's hard to accept, right? That's a, that's a, that's a bitter pill to swallow, but it's true. Dear Shogun Sargon of Queso, taquitos are the world's favorite or world's most perfect food. All right, I, I need to clarify this because a lot of people don't know what a taquito is. Don't look at me like that, Chris. Not everybody's from Texas. There are a lot of people don't live around Mexicans, man. They don't know what taquitos are. That's why their food sucks. But that's another story entirely. A taquito is essentially this. I want you to picture uh, a taco, only a taco that's open. It's completely open. It's laying flat. All right, you're looking at it, and you have all the ingredients in it, meat, cheese, whatever the case may be. I want you to now, in your mind, shrink that taco in size by half. They could be a lot smaller than this. This is a this is a mental experiment. I'm painting a mental picture for you, like Picasso. What, Chris? I'm an artist. I'm a I'm a vocal artist. Anyway, shrink that taco in half. Now, instead of doing the fold in half thing, where you then put hot sauce or whatever sauce is in it, and then you just come all of the thing down from one end. Instead of that, you have to do something different. You're going to roll it up. You roll it up and you, yes, Chris, roll it up tight. Thank you. I get that, Chris. I'm not teaching them how to make one. You roll it up. Now deep fry it. You deep fry it so now it's crispy. I'll push back on him in just a second, but I want to let him have his word. Taquitos are the world's most perfect food. Not only are there a variety of options for meat, cheese, and type of tortilla, but every bite is evenly distributed, but is not too large to try to fit everything in one bite. The condiments and sauces is where the taquitos separate themselves. Each taquito is roughly three to four bites. I love my audience, which means you can mix up the condiments with each bite. Maybe one is exclusively a guac dip, and the next bite is salsa guac and jalapeno. The possibilities are endless, but you can also control the exact amount per bite and make adjustments as needed. He also says, P.S., shout out to all the listeners who are vets in active duty. This is a dark time, and men of honor such as them need to know they are one of the few shining lights, and that is a fact. All right, in case you're wondering, quick update on this before we go back into taquitos. I understand we have some of the names in of the people who've died over there in that explosion. I was going to read them tonight. It is our intention. I, I, I can't promise this. It is our intention to replace Medal of Honor Monday this Monday and read the names and maybe a brief something about each one of the people who lost their lives. I say it's our intention because of this. I don't want to do it until we have all of the names in. And I'm not sure we'll have all the names by Monday. I think we will, but I'm not sure we'll have all the names in by Monday. But if we're going to do something like that and honor these heroes, we have to do it right, don't we? I mean, we're not going to halfway do it. So I want to make sure we have every name in and all the details we have in. And for you know the one and only time, that will be our replacement for Medal of Honor on Monday. We will honor those men who gave their lives. That is my intention. Now. Sadly, I realize I'm up against the break here, so my thoughts on the dipping and the, the taquitos, I have really, really, really deep thoughts about all this, but you're going to have to wait a second. 
It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Reminder, if you missed any part of the show, the whole thing is available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. If you missed last night's show where I was a little steamed, (laughs) that one's right there on iTunes ready for you. The question was about taquitos and dipping. and Look, I'll set aside the taquito argument for a moment. He made a persuasive argument about the taquito being one of the great foods. I'm just going to offer another great piece of food advice from Jesse Menu Whisperer Kelly. What, Chris? Condiments. Condiments for your sandwich. And the putting together of a sandwich. I have two different things I need to say. One, people, people when they put sandwiches together, because they don't take enough care with that precious food in front of them, they just start throwing stuff onto the sandwich. You should want the exact same amount of meat and cheese and mayo and onions in every single bite. It takes time to put together a sandwich. You don't just throw everything on there and shovel it into your mouth like some kind of animal. We are, we are a civilized society here. That's one. Two, if you have one condiment you're going to put on your sandwich, whether that be mayonnaise or mustard or whatever your condiment is, whatever your condiment is, instead of layering it on the sandwich where it will undoubtedly bunch up as all the ingredients inside are pushing it here or pushing it there. Put some on a plate or in a little bowl and dip every single bite in the condiment. I know that sounds radical. I know this is a break from the norm, but hear me out. What does that mean for you? That means, let's just call it mayonnaise. Let's just call it mayonnaise. Or if you're high class, Miracle Whip. You get the exact amount of Miracle Whip in every single bite that you want. You don't have to take a chance. There's never going to be a dry bite where you bite into it and you're thinking, oh, man, I should have actually bit this part. I wonder if I should lick it. Oh, but that person's looking at me and it'll look weird. You don't ever have to go through that. You can just dip every single bite in the Miracle Whip Boom. Look how much I just changed your life. And one final thing, as long as I'm on this, I brought this up on the on the show before. I'll bring it up again. If you live in an area with decent Mexican food, your office probably has catered some form of Mexican food at some point or another. It just is inevitable it happens. Or you'll go to a party at night and they'll have they'll have Mexican food there. And it'll be chicken fajitas and chips and queso and all these other things. Hear me out. And I know you're going to think you're going to look weird, but once you explain this to everyone else and then explain them, Jesse, Menu Whisperer, Kelly told you, of course, you will look like the genius of the party. Are you ready for this? Instead of taking your chips and throwing on the chicken and the cheese and the onions and all the other fixings you want to put on your nachos, hear me out here. The first layer, not the last layer, the first layer, what goes on the bottom is the queso. Stop putting the queso on top. When you put the queso on top, you do a couple things. One, you turn all your chips soggy quickly. Two, you've made it so it's impossible for you to grab a nacho 
and come away with a clean finger, especially if you're in the office. Now you're sitting there with dirty fingers, and you have to make a choice. Every bite, you're sitting there with cheese on your fingers. You can't be the caveman with cheese on your fingers, can you? So you have to remove said cheese, meaning you're going to go through a half roll of napkins wiping your fingers or... Like a disgusting savage, you're going to sit there and lick your fingers off every single time. When you put the cheese on the bottom, it gives you a clean, dry handle on every chip while also giving you maximum control of the amount of queso per chip. They don't call me the menu whisperer for nothing. Doc Jesse, my girlfriend of six years, an intelligent woman... First provider, a nurse, loves Biden, and hates Trump more than her ex-husband. <clears throat> I, feel, I feel I lost six years of my life due to Biden, who in her eyes cannot do no wrong, groping, plagiarism, sons hunter, business practices, sardine kids at the border, etc., etc. It's fine with her. If Trump did any of these things, she would not stop hating what Trump did. She wanted to break it off because I'm a Trumper, and she could not handle that. Please offer your valued opinion, doctor. Thank you for serving this country. He says all the best. You got to let her go. You got to let her go. See, 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 my new guy, Michael's raising the hand up for six years. And this is, this is what hurts. Cause I have friends of mine of both genders who have gone through this in their lives. Everybody's everybody's known somebody, or maybe you're going through it, where you put in so many years dating somebody and you're not necessarily sure you want to spend the rest of the life with them, your life with them, but you feel like you've lost that time you had. Like you just said, I just wasted six years and they're probably your six prime years. But hear me out, hear me out. What does waste actually mean? Why is it a waste? Because that six years didn't result in a loving marriage to a right-wing dime, that doesn't mean it's a waste. There are incredible lessons learned from experiences. Uh, did my did my time selling RVs, did it, did it count as a waste? I mean, how many times have I told you about all the screw-ups and things I've messed up in my life? I, at one point, did not have a job. My family had to eat. I found a job selling RVs on Craigslist, and I spent, gosh, five or six years as an RV sales manager, eventually. Salesman at first, RV sales manager. Uh, Now I do radio and TV for a living. Has nothing to do with RVs. Was all that time a waste? Or during that time, did I gain valuable perspective about human beings, human nature, how finances work, ups and downs of life, desperation. Experience itself means it's not a waste. All right. You were with some harpy for six years. You gutted out six years with her. For you to tough out six years with some lefty who hated Trump and now loves loves, loves Trump probably means she's a dime. So you even got that on the resume. It doesn't hurt to have a dime as a notch on the belt. Unless you can picture yourself spending the next 66 years with her, cut that woman loose and go find a dime somewhere. There are so many hot right-wing chicks out there nowadays. There are so many because the dudes are such effeminate losers. 
If you're some if you if you're some dude on the right, and you know you're twenty thirties, got your stuff together, got a decent job, man, alive, you could clean up out there right now. Get rid of that hag and go find yourself a right winger you can actually share your values with. Doctor Beast Mode Kelly, why is grilling at uh, grilling steaks at home always better than eating at a fine steakhouse? Love your burger recipe. Any tips on the perfect steak? He says, pro tip, melt a third of, uh, of a stick of butter, add some dried basil, and pour on finished steaks. The steak juice blends well with the basil and butter. That's actually a really, really, really great tip. Now, here's the thing. This is, this is going to hurt me. This is going to hurt me to say because, as you know, I'm kind of an expert on basically everything. And so I have a way I cook steaks at home and I'm worried I'm worried this way may alienate the audience. It may turn some people off. Nevertheless, I've always promised you honesty. You know, you want to know how I make steaks? I'll tell you in a second. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. What is that music? Spoon? Who's Is this a new band? I don't even know what bands are anymore. I hate this. I hate this. Look, this is what happens. Anyway, the question was about steaks. How do I make my steaks? I have a cast iron pan. I pull it out. I heat up my oven to 450. I take my cast iron pan. I get a bunch of butter and olive oil, and I put it in there. I sear for a minute, flip over, sear for a minute, pop it in the oven, and cook to temperature. (laughs) That's how I make my steaks. I wish I could tell you. See, the the amount of hate mail that the vicious people who listen to this show are going to send over that, it's going to be brutal. You should be grilling your steaks like a man. My steak is done perfectly every single time. Pull it out, pop in a little meat thermometer, wait till that bad boy says about 120, yank it out, let it rest for five, eat. All right. I did. I can't, you know what, play number 11, I can't believe, I cannot believe that we as a country, whatever happened during the election or not, honestly, roughly half of the country, Roughly half of the country voted for this human being to lead the United States of America. Thank you. May God bless you all and may God protect his troops and all those standing watch for America. We have so much to do. It's within our capacity to do it. We just have to remain steadfast, steadfast. We will complete our mission and we will continue after our troops are withdrawn to find means by which we can find any American who wishes to get out of Afghanistan. We will find them and we will get them out. Ladies and gentlemen, They gave me a list here 
The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. <clears throat> you have said leaving. It still floors me. It still floors me that somebody who calls herself a journalist witnesses the president of the United States of America say oh, the the the. The, the first person they instructed me to call on is Kelly O'Donnell. How can you call yourself a journalist without saying, uh, I'm sorry, Mr. President, I was going to ask a different question, but I have to ask now, instructed by whom? Who, who's giving you instructions, Mr. President? Could you please, are you actually in charge, Mr. President? I mean, it. It doesn't sound like you're in charge because you're the commander-in-chief and you just said you were given instructions to call on me. Who specifically? Give me a name. Who gives you instructions, Mr. President, on who you're supposed to talk to? How does a journalist not ask that question? I mean, we all know the answer. How do you feel about people who got injured in basic training? I was injured in basic eight years ago, and I feel like I failed in life. I think some of my family members look down on me because of it. I don't go around looking or I don't go around saying look at me, I was in the military. Brother, you were in the military. You were. Yeah, you got injured in basic training. You can't possibly have, you cannot possibly have a highly trained military unit unless you have training that is dangerous enough to hurt people and hurt people Permanently, permanently. And here's the thing. The injured people, they're part of how you know the training is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, it didn't work out well for you personally and how you pictured your life. You signed up. You were willing to go do it. You got hurt. You were just as in the military as anybody else. Don't let anybody look down on you for that. And don't look down on yourself for that. You did just fine. You went down, signed up, did the work. It didn't work out that way. People get hurt in training all the time. All the time. That's part of being in a rough job like the military. Dr. Jesse, do you think we're going to have another 9-11 after what happened yesterday? Ugh. Well, one, let's let's hope not, right? But I, the truth is, there's always another 9-11 right around the corner. There always is. It's just a matter of whether you can stop enough of them or not. They are always. They are terrorists always. At all times, they're probing. They're looking. They're looking to see how they can kill the most amount of people with the most amount of shock on the biggest public stage humanly possible. This is not a part-time profession for these losers. This is what they do. Nations have gotten better and better and better at detecting them and finding them and stopping them beforehand. However, it would be naive to think that's going to last forever. And remember this. You and I hate radical Islamic terrorists, right? That's just natural. You hate these people, and they are. They're, they're women-killing scum. We hate these people. But don't make the mistake people have made throughout history and taking your hatred for your enemy and thinking he's dumb. Yeah. A lot of them are stupid. A lot of them are very, very, very smart. A lot of them have money to burn. 
a lot of them have an, an extremely valuable resource, testosterone-filled young men willing to die for what they believe. So are we ever going to have something on the scale of 9-11 again? I don't know. They got so lucky with that anyway with the towers actually falling down. There's no way they should. They, they could have predicted the towers would actually come down and make that whole thing as bad as it was. But they're always on the prowl. And the way we handle our business now, especially our unwillingness to finish off these people when we get our hands on them. I mean, we hold terrorists now. We hold them for a few years in Guantanamo just until the next Democrat president takes over. Then we turn them loose in some stupid prisoner exchange. And so the same bad guys have the most training in the world, and they're out there hunting again. Something like that can happen again one day? Of course it is. Of course it is. I hope it's a very, very, very long, long way away. And I don't know that we'll ever see in our lifetime something on that scale. Hope not, anyway. And praise God for that. All right. We still got a whole hour left. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show final hour on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. In case you missed it from earlier in the show or missed it last night, I'm going to get back to your Ask Dr. Jesse questions here in a minute. Went on uh, Tucker Carlson's show on Fox News. He's a good friend of mine. Obviously, go on there a bunch. Have never had the kind of reaction we we have after this one. But uh, look, I was mad. Apparently, you are too. What do you think this means? What is going on here exactly? Politics. No patriotism yeah. at all. No love of country at all. This is all politics, Tucker. That's why I, um, I'm as full of hate and rage right now as I have been probably since 9-11. Uh, yeah. I know for a fact either mothers or wives or somebody like that, they're getting a phone call tonight or will be getting a phone call shortly, and they're going to find out husband's never coming home again, daddy's never coming home again, my son's never coming home again, and I know for a fact the scumbags in the White House who run this country, they're sitting around a table as we speak, and they're not worried about mommy, they're not worried about daddy, they're not worried about that kid, they haven't shed a single tear for anybody, they're worried about poll numbers, Tucker, they're worried what, yeah. what polls well, how, how are we doing with middle-aged women, how, how do you think we did with black people tonight, how do you think we did, these people disgust me, they disgust me as much as the Taliban disgusts me. I'm so grossed out by the people who lead this country. Our warriors deserve so much better. And they do deserve so much better. They deserve leadership that actually cares about them. Leadership that actually cares about the country. It's not, it's not the loss of life that has me and so many veteran friends of mine just so full of rage right now. It's not the loss of life. That, that, that's always sad and it's always tragic. It's dying for politics, dying so the Biden administration could have a flowery September 11th celebration. That's what has me so full of rage right now. I kept going. There are only so many hours in the day. Either you're digging into white rage or you're digging into actually finding a way to exfil your people from Afghanistan without getting American citizens slaughtered, brave Marines slaughtered, our allies slaughtered. This is more than just a national embarrassment. This is an international embarrassment. I can't even imagine what the military planners in China are pouring into the ears of Xi Jinping right now because I have to be honest, if I were them, I'd be landing on the shores of Taiwan tomorrow knowing we have a half-dead person in the White House. And I would. And I would. I mean, 
Aren't we always putting ourselves in the shoes of our enemy? We should be. If we're not, we should always be trying to think like they think. If you're China, why would you wait? Why would you wait? It, it, you know what? It wasn't just the, the, the disastrous pullout. It wasn't just the disastrous way we went back in. It's not even just the bomb. The president of the United States yesterday giving that speech, he sounded half dead. He, uh, I don't know. And, um, I guess uh, I've been instructed to call on, and he looked terrible. And remember, I know you saw it when Peter Ducey asked him that question, and he loses his train of thought and puts his head down on his hands, and we don't have a commander-in-chief. We don't. We don't have a commander-in-chief. Anyway, I kept going. But they've just revealed that they actually have no idea what they're doing. They can't even withdraw from Afghanistan. So what change do you imagine going forward this will spur? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely, Tucker, they put Joe Biden in there on purpose. You remember they cleared out the field to put in this old man who's clearly half-functional. Instead of dependable, we got Depends in the White House. The guy has no idea what he's doing, and the backup plan is Kamala Harris, who quite literally laid down to get the job. We, we, these people don't care about country at all. There's no plan, and that's what's amazing right now, Tucker. None of them, not one person, not Lloyd Austin or Millie or any one of these idiots, none of them are looking in the mirror as you and I are talking and saying to themselves, gee, I think I really screwed up. They're all worried about their own rear ends and their pensions and their career, and there's no patriotism anymore, and it makes me want to vomit. They're so mad about that Kamala Harris line, by the way. It was just, that one just came to me. It was just a throwaway. This is the best part. The Washington Post, some dork named Eric Wemple at the Washington Post tried to tattle on me and get me to apologize. <laughs> he, t- he sent what I said to Fox News and said, we still haven't heard back. Other people have said this before and they've been forced to apologize. Boy, brother, you are barking up the wrong tree here. <laughs> it's, there is no chance. Let me clarify something. I'm a bad person. I won't apologize When I do do something wrong, and I think we can all agree I'm going to do some major stuff wrong over the coming years. It's who I am. Even if I did do something wrong, I wouldn't apologize. No public apologies. No public, no no apologies to you. No nothing. Never. Not ever. Because I know, I know how these people think. They don't actually care about your apology They want to be able to bully you. They want to be able to shame you. They want to be able to get you to say, oh, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not racist. Uh, uh, Look at, look at all my black friends. They love that. They get this smug feeling of satisfaction as soon as they put you on your heels. Defending yourself, apologizing, never, ever, 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 ever give them that. Never give them that. You know what they want. You understand how these communists think. We talk about it all the time. You understand exactly what they want. Never give it to them. It drives them insane. They hate it. They despise it about me. I love it so much. Let's get back to your emails. Hi, Jesse. Started listening to you after Tucker, and you're the man. But to the more important question that my buddies and I have been debating, who would win in a fight? 
a brown bear versus a silverback gorilla. I would say the gorilla because they have thumbs. Imagine the damage that could do. Says I could say his name. His name is Nick. First and foremost, you said brown bear. Brown bears are not grizzly bears. Brown bears, uh, I believe Chris Chris is raising his hands. I believe there's simply a different diet or maybe they are a different bear. I'm, don't quote me on that. A grizzly bear is four or 500 pounds. Brown bears, look this up. I think brown bears are something like eight, 900 pounds. And I'm pretty sure, again, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure a silverback gorilla is right around four or 500 pounds. Thumbs or no thumbs, a brown bear would destroy a silverback gorilla. It, it would destroy a silverback gorilla. Look, I don't care about the thumbs. The People do not understand. They do not fully grasp how absurdly powerful bears are. I've looked for this for ages because I saw it on, an, on a, a nature show a long time ago. But... You know how big a moose is, right? How big a moose is? <sighs> moose, I think they're 600 pounds. Four or five, 600 pounds. What, Chris? Chris said a brown bear can weigh up to a ton. Brown bear are huge. It would destroy, it would eat a gorilla in five seconds and probably have him pooped out. Anyway, a mo- moose are huge. I, I probably just way undershot the moose, too. I think moose can be over 1,000 pounds. I'm pretty sure they're enormous. Whatever the whatever the weight is, they're huge, right? We can all understand they're huge. I've seen a video, and I've never been able to track it, or I'd put it on the Jesse Kelly Show Twitter account, of a grizzly bear. A grizzly bear. just Not even a brown bear, a grizzly bear. You know, five, 600-pound grizzly bear dragging a full-grown moose along the ground. It, it seriously looks like you or I if we had a stuffed animal in our mouths. That's how easily it's dragging it on the ground. It's not that he's dragging a moose. It's the ease with which this bear is dragging a moose. It is shocking. Moving on. Oracle of food. What is your opinion on calling someone out of the blue in a work setting or just showing up at their desk slash office? I can't tell if I'm getting petulant or not. But I hate when someone calls me unexpectedly while I'm working. Oh, oh, I have so, so much I want to say about this, as you can imagine. Just just hang on for one second. We'll get to that in a moment. But first and foremost, all the news out there in the world doesn't change inflation, does it? Even all the tragedy out there. Inflation is one of those things. It's not going to sit around waiting until you or I are over the last horrible news cycle. You have to have real gold in your hand. Gold, it's always had value. Forever. Forever it's had value. It has value now. It'll have value tomorrow. Call Oxford Gold Group so they can send you real gold to your doorstep that's right. Not 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 a piece of paper saying you own some somewhere. Real gold to your doorstep. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group. I send my family and friends there. They have that reputation for a reason. Tell them Jesse told you to call. They will take extra special care of you. 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com
It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. No phone calls tonight. No Look, phone calls are suspended again. They're suspended again. They might be back Monday. I don't know. I, don't, I can't make promises. The, the, we have to understand it's all about me. <laughs> what, Chris? All right, back to the question. I'll read it again for those who missed it. Oracle of Food. What is your opinion on someone calling someone out of the blue in a work setting or just showing up at their desk slash office? I can't tell if I'm getting petulant or not, but I hate when someone calls me unexpectedly while I'm working outside of my boss or customers. He says it comes across as selfish, like I'm not busy or in the middle of something. Send me an email or stop by and ask for 15 minutes when I have a chance. The expectation that I drop what I'm doing to help you with what always turns out to be something menial bothers me. He says, is this a generational thing? And he says, I can use his name. His name is Richard. Look, Dick, here's the deal. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. And this is another thing that people seem to lose sight of these days. And I notice it now because I have so much to do. And I'm not doing this woe is me thing. Again, I don't have a real job. I talk on the radio and on TV. I have a TV show every single night on the first. If you'd like to gaze upon me as well for an hour a night. What, Chris? But I have a TV show as well. All right? So that's, uh, let's see, I have to do an hour of TV, three, I should have to do an extra hour of radio. So I do five hours of media every single day. That is as much or probably more than every single pundit in the United States of America. Everybody I work for, they're always worried about me burning out, but I'm enjoying it. I'm having a good time, but it's a lot because when you add in the prep time to it, it's just a lot. It's a lot of time. And one thing I've really noticed, and I've noticed this every single time in my life when I've been super busy. When you're super busy, people who aren't super busy, they live their lives as if nobody else is busy at all. That, that's just how they live their lives. Oh, hey, I'll get this from um, I'll get this from friends of mine who want to talk politics. This is the best part. Oh, hey, call me. I have this great take on Joe Biden. No. No. If you if you could see that the wife is horrified, I wish I could show you my phone sometimes and all the text messages I ignore from people I know. If I don't know, you don't even bother. From people I know, friends of mine, it, it's overwhelming how many they get throughout the day that want to talk politics. Brother, I talk politics for five hours a day. And again, I talk for five hours a day. And I'm the guy who doesn't like to talk. If you ever see me out at a party or something like that, you'll see. I'm just kind of chill, laid back, just, just watching, observing. I'm not a I'm not a mute, but I don't like to talk that much. When I'm not talking politics on the air, I don't want to call you and talk about Joe Biden. And as far as the at work thing, this this part is amazing to me. This happened to me one time and one time only. I was dating this girl and this was uh, it was the beginning of the cell phone era, so I had a cell phone. She gives me a call when I'm at work. This is back when I'm working construction. Gives me a call, but I, I had moved into the office at this point in time. I was doing like project engineering, project management stuff. Gives me a call on my cell phone. I'm working. I'm in the middle of putting together some stuff. I got blueprints in front of me. I just ignored the call, of course, because I'm at work. Set the phone aside. No big deal. Like two minutes later, 
We had one of those intercoms in the office. Jesse, would you pick up line one? Your girlfriend's on the line. I ignored the cell phone. She called my work phone. Over nothing at work. I came absolutely unglued and she never did it again. It is it is one of those things. People, it's human nature. People always put their own situation on other people. You know, and, and this works for all of us. I do it too, right? I just explained to you how busy I am. I walk around and I just assume everybody's busy. Everybody's busy. Most people are not very busy. But people who aren't very busy, they have, you know, they'll, they'll work a little bit and then some time off and work a little bit and some time off. And then when they have when they have an extra free 20 minutes, they want to call and just talk or maybe text you. But oh, hey, you're not going to you're not going to believe the color my wife wanted to paint the house. Give me a call. and We'll talk about it. I'm never going to call you ever. Never in a million years. In a million years. I'll get people all the time, people I know, people I love. Hey, call me when you're off the air. Nope. Not at all. Text me. Your only chance, your only chance on getting me to call you when I'm done speaking for five hours in a day is you explaining to me why it is an emergency that we talk on the phone and why it is not humanly possible you can text this relevant information. I didn't. I don't. I don't know friends, relatives. I don't know why they still don't get this. You, you texting me? Hey, give me a call when you get done. Does that work on most people? Because that's never going to work on me. It's that's part of the beauty of being a sociopath. So the answer is yes. It's extremely rude. Uh, I would. I wouldn't say it's rude to call when someone's at work. I'd say it's rude to demand an answer when someone's at work. You know, it's one thing. The wife can call me. My boys can call me when I'm when I'm on the air doing the radio show. I'm not going to answer unless it's during a break and then I'll answer, but I'm not going to answer if I'm on the air. I'm not bothered that they called. What wouldn't be acceptable is if I get the text message after, hey, answer when I call. No, I'm working. Now, I don't really get that, but, well, I don't ever get that, but seriously. You're not wrong. Dear most humbles, humbleness. Most humbleness? I don't think that's a word, buddy, but whatever. Dear most humbleness of all oracles, since the USA has relinquished its number one status, how long will it take to reclaim said status? Also, who is going to lead our return if it's not you? He says I can say his name. His name is Scott. Listen, we haven't relinquished the number one status yet. We're just in the process of it. We're still number one. But we're fading, we're faltering, we're stumbling, and it's simply not going to take that much to topple us over. As far as who claims it after us, everyone says China. Understand this about China. Yeah, they uh, have a big economy, they do. But China is like so many nations that, that go communism, although they've tried to merge communism and capitalism China is in so many ways painted rust. What I mean by that is, yeah, China has technology. You can look at China's technology. You're like, wow, it's virtually all copied from someone else, oftentimes us. China has a massive, and I mean massive, corporate espionage program. Corporate espionage program. It's a big deal to them. Oh, look, China has this new fancy computer chip. 
it's almost always a cheap knockoff of our computer chip or Taiwan's computer chip or something along those lines. Who takes over after? I don't know. I don't know. That's the problem with you losing it. You're not in control of who gets it next. What if it's somebody awful? I don't think the world has fully appreciated how the number one superpower has been pretty benevolent for quite some time. What if it is China? You aren't going to be enjoying quite the same amount of aid in the future. All right, we have a World War II Marine. He has something to say. Hang on. I'm kidding you. Count it is the Jesse Kelly show on a Friday and ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Could you, could you smell it? We're almost there. We're almost to the weekend. That reminds me. Do we still have the Italians who were so angry from the other day, Chris? I think I threw those emails away. It was hilarious. I was joking. Everyone knows how much I joke about hating Italians. I was, I said something about dirty Italians or something the other night. And, uh, and we had these Italians emailing into the show. What are you talking about? Uh, I'm, I'm writing the station to complain. Buddy, I don't care. You have the wrong guy. I understand. See, this is the problem. People now in 2021, they've resided in this world for so long, they don't know how to deal with other people. What I, what I mean by this world is they've resided in this I'm offended My feelings are hurt. I didn't take the joke. And now I want you to do something. You have to do something because I'm offended. I'm mad. I'm going to get you fired or something like that. And that's why I make these people so angry because I genuinely do not care. You don't understand. I'll probably make another Italian joke in 30 seconds just because it makes you mad. I genuinely don't care. And you know what's wild is? This is what's wild because one of these Italians is still listening. He's losing his mind. Even though I'm actually just kidding. I just think it's a hilarious old-timey kind of racism. That's <laughs> so dumb. Like, who actually hates Italians? But anyway, here's the thing. You're the one who's a thin-skinned little girl. You're in complete control over what offends you and what does not offend you. Complete control. Being offended is a state of mind. And you, you've gotten so used to using it as currency for so long It frustrates you when you can't use it on me. It will never work on me. And you're welcome to email anything you want to the show. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. They all go right to Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read all of them. You're welcome to email whatever you want. If you're offended, that's fine. Email in. I don't care. But you have to understand, I also don't care. I won't change a single thing ever, especially if you're offended. In fact, if you email in that something offended you, there's a great chance you'll hear it again like the next seven shows just because it makes me laugh. That's part of being a bad person. My dad was a World War II Marine. According to the Japanese military, according to him, the Japanese military was worse than today's ISIS. Sadly, this is one of the things that's no longer taught in school. Dad was not one to exaggerate. He is at his final and heavily and heavenly duty station. Semper Fi, Marine. Look, because we don't actually teach any real history anymore in schools, all history now in schools is just various versions of why America sucks. People, people have no idea how profoundly evil the Japanese were during World War II. And I, as everyone knows, I'm a huge fan of Japan. I love the country. 
I love the culture. I love the people. I've been there. Like uh, the Japan is the bomb. It's one of my favorite places on earth. If I ever get kicked out of America, which let's be honest, there's a chance of that, I would move to Japan. I mean, I'd be a lot taller than everybody, but that's another story entirely. I would move to Japan. So this is something I love. And even their culture back then, I love so many parts of it. But they conducted themselves like subhuman monsters in World War II. On the same level, if not worse in some cases, than the Nazis. What's that unit? Uh, 731? That might not be right. might be 751. There was a special Japanese unit where they would test chemical and biological weapons on. It was 731? Gosh, I'm so smart. I know that. What, Chris? It was unit 731. And um, look, you could just study what the Japanese did in Manila and your jaw would drop at how they would treat people. We're talking, you know, there's a lot of this stuff I don't actually want to say on the air because it's so terrible. And I know people listen with their kids. Here's a, here's a quick little story. And this is, this is one of the more benign stories. They would take entire families and bayonet everybody to death right in front of them. They would take women wherever they occupied and they would simply take them, snatch them up, and force them to be used by as many members of the military as possible, oftentimes would kill them in horrific ways afterwards. They would torture our own guys, our people, in unspeakable ways. There's an uh, awful story, I don't even think I'd recommend you read it, about a guy, his nickname was Iggy on Iwo Jima. They got their hands on him. And what they did to him over the course of two or three days, it's, 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 it's like something out of a novel. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, look, you're never going to get me to defend the Japanese conduct in World War II. All I, said, all I said about Japan or all I said about ISIS was they're on par with the most evil people who've ever walked the planet. Nazis, Japanese, anything. These people, I mean, picture this. You know how horrible Al-Qaeda is, right? Al-Qaeda, obviously, the World Trade Center. You, you, you've known about Al-Qaeda attacks probably your entire life. They're just a despicable, horrible terrorist organization. ISIS sprang up because they looked at Al-Qaeda and said, Oh, man, you guys are way too soft. Not nearly violent enough. That's real. That's real. You remember all those images, or maybe, maybe you've forgotten of them crucifying people burning people alive. Uh, they fed, uh, I don't even know if I should say that on the air. You know what? I'm going to say it anyway. They, they fed one mother, her own baby. Just, just monsters, absolute monsters. But yeah, the Japanese military, I remember I've, I've read so many books on it. And by the way, in case you're wondering about some books you can read, if you're interested in it, uh, Touched with Fire is a great book about the war in the Pacific and fighting the Japanese. Rampage is another great book if you want to know more specifically about the stuff they did in Manila. The Japanese, the stuff the Japanese did in Manila was flat out medieval. I mean medieval. They had a two-story house and they would line up a bunch of uh, people on right by a hole in the second story and lopped their heads off, and you could walk downstairs, and there was a gigantic pile of heads. Just I mean, it was It's crazy, the stuff they did. So Rampage is a great book. Uh, 
Eagle Against the Sun is a very good book. If you want to hear some wild tales, tales you don't get in history, go read about the Pacific version of World War II. I know people know a little bit about the Pacific. I mean, a little bit. They'll know the high points. You say the words Iwo Jima, everyone knows it. But you say something like Peleliu, 10% of the population knows what Peleliu is. You could you could go out there and tap 10 people on the shoulder right now and say, what does the word Peleliu mean to you? And they wouldn't have any idea. They'd think it was a, a race house, a racehorse from the Kentucky Derby or something. But there is a a wealth of fascinating, horrifying information. And in case you in case you're mad right now and you're saying to yourself, Jesse, don't give me books to read like some nerd. I sympathize, right? It's not that I'm trying to do that, but here's the thing. Even if I do a, you know, a podcast on something like Peleliu, which I've done in the past, and I'll do other ones on, on very specific islands, I've got to wrap that thing up in 40, 45 minutes. When you read a book on it, you get so many more details, the fascinating details, too, not boring details, fascinating details. I was just reading In Touched with Fire the other day, one thing you never read about, about World War II, all the accidental deaths. Because it's not glorious, it's not sexy, right? It's, it, everyone knows about charging up a beach on, on Iwo Jima. Shot down by the Japanese. That's heroic. It's, that's the kind of death every warrior wants. You don't hear about the guys who died from lightning strikes, from accidental misfires. Guys getting eaten by crocodiles. You don't, you don't, you don't hear about those stories because they're not sexy. They don't make you feel good. And you try to make sure, especially your guys, your veterans and military guys, you always try to make sure they're painted in the best light possible. But those little details are fascinating on what people actually goes through. All right. More stuff on Afghanistan. Ranch versus hot sauce. Hang on. Jesse Kelly. Jesse Kelly show final segment on a Friday. Oh, we still have questions to get to. So I'm going to try to churn through as many as possible, but I'm not going to make as many promises on that. (laughs) All right. Jesse, do you think Biden has served a purpose? Do you think that whoever is really in charge have chosen to move on to a fully functional radical? It seems odd that so many lefties are gunning for him, including CNN. His handling of Afghanistan is so bad it almost looks intentional. While others may be able to predict the fallout, he probably has to be reminded that the U.S. still has troops abroad. He says, I can use his name. His name is David. Okay, one thing about Joe Biden we need to get clear real quick. I believe, I do not know this, I believe Joe Biden does have dementia. Just having had some experience with it in in my own life and speaking with uh, medical experts I do trust, I believe there is everything there pointing to the fact he does. Even the way that, like, the experts I talk to, they'll point to how he holds his arms when he walks. Next time you watch Joe Biden walk, look at kind of the stiff way his arms are straight and to the side and how sometimes he does this little shuffle. That's actually a symptom. It's, it's one, of the re- one of the ways they can tell what you've got. I don't know, Chris. I don't know all the day. I don't understand why, but it's a symptom. I believe he has dementia. Well, one thing about people who have dementia, and I hope you never, ever, ever have to go through this. It's horrible, especially it's worse for the family members and the person who's actually going through it. It's terrible. But 
One thing about it is when you have that, you need rest and calm. You need calming music. You need calming colors in the room. You need to have as stress-free an environment as humanly possible, right? Now, put yourself in the shoes of the President of the United States of America. That alone is just a mountain of responsibility. Most of the guys are sociopathic enough it doesn't bother them, but even then it's a huge social it's a huge responsibility. You've seen all the before and after pictures of uh George Bush before he was president and after Barack Obama before he was president and after they you age 20 years in that eight years in office, right? It's a stressful job. Now imagine the normal stress that comes with being president being heaped on an old man who has dementia. All right, so now it's already bad. Now let's turn it up by 10 times. Let's say you screwed up something majorly and you're having to field questions from the media, harsher questions than you've ever had to field at any point in time in your entire career. I believe, and I've said this before, I believe... I believe Joe Biden is physically and mentally breaking down rapidly. I do. I think that press conference yesterday, I don't think it was an accident what happened. Remember, bomb goes off. We knew we had people killed. We knew how bad it was in the morning. I I, I woke up and rolled over. It was on my phone about the bomb going off. Now, it was hours, hours before the president of the United States spoke? Uh, any other president, Republican, Democrat, or otherwise, you're you're up to the podium in 10 minutes. Even if just it's just a quick little, we'll find who's responsible, we'll pray for the lies. And the, the world wants to hear from you. America wants to hear from you. It was hours before we got to hear from Joe Biden. And even then, he was what, Chris, 25 minutes late? 20, 25 minutes late? Even then, he couldn't be on time. Chris said Boris Johnson gave something first. He's right. We heard from Boris Johnson of the UK before we heard from the president. I don't know this. Again, and I don't have inside information on this. This is a guess. I'm guessing here, so I need to be clear about that. I think Joe Biden, I think it took all day for his staff and his medical staff to get him together enough to even be in a good enough condition to go out there. And Chris, do we have any of that Joe Biden from yesterday? I know we probably have a little bit of it. So picture this. Picture how bad Joe Biden sounded yesterday with the long pauses and the and the marble mouth and the picture how bad Joe Biden sounded yesterday, right? All right, so you have that image in your head. Now I want you to imagine this. I want you to picture that's as good as he sounded all day. When you listen to this, Picture this. His staff, when they finally got him to this, they looked at, they looked at each other and said, well, this is as good as he's going to get. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. That's the best of Joe Biden from yesterday. The best. So... What, what does that have to do with your question? Where do I think this is going? 
we all know what happened. They cleared the field for Joe Biden, thought he had the best chance to win the presidency against Donald Trump. All right, boom. They installed Joe Biden as president of the United States. I actually think he has one more gigantic use to them, and I've I've really been thinking this a lot lately. I think they'll be able to pin all of this Afghanistan mess on Joe Biden and force him to resign. I, I've always believed this. No, not the right. The right is pathetic and weak. The right, the, the right is never able to come up with, with, with the spine necessary to do what's done, but not the communists. The communists play for keeps. I believe they are going to try, and I, again, I don't have inside information on this. I just believe it would make all the sense in the world. Why not take Joe Biden and chuck him under the bus? He's not going to run again for re-election. Everybody knows that. The guy's hardly functional. You're already going to take a beating at the midterms. What if you could offer up an outraged public a scapegoat? Somebody's head. Whose head would be better than Joe Biden? I mean, maybe Kamala, but that's that's stop quick, Chris. We can make jokes on the show, but you understand what I mean. Why not offer up the president himself if he's not helping your party anymore? Wash your hands of him. Call it a day. All right. We're going to be back, and we're going to have even more fun on Monday. You, if it gets too much, if it gets too much this weekend, turn off the news. Put down your phone. Keep your chin up, all right? That's all.